1: And welcome everyone to another episode of the Mind Over Money podcast with me, Jess and James. And today I'm super excited because I've got a very dashing, handsome fellow with me right now. Here he is, who's going to talk about something that I don't think he's spoken about enough. Um, this person here is someone that's responsible for not only turning his own life around with property and real estate, but being in a position where he's privileged to go and do that for other people. Um, he, he's one of the top, top, top property developers and, and investors here in the UK right now. He's one of the top trainers. And I say top trainers, not just because of the strategies that he teaches, but in the way that he teaches it, in a personable human way and not a robotic fashion. Um, he's someone that's created a massive massive amount of wealth for himself, but other people. And now he gets to live life on his terms. I bring to you the one and only Kevin McDonald,
0: thank uh, you for joining me. Welcome, thank you. And um, that was some introduction. I've well, got to live up to that now. You've got to live
1: up to it now. Yeah, yeah absolutely. No, but um, but no, honestly, I'm, I'm really grateful to have you here. Now, the Mind Over Money podcast essentially is about creating wealth, yep. but going deeper. Because I think you know this from educating people, training people, the strategies are always there it's what stops people from deploying the Mm. strategies that gets them stuck, right? So before we deep dive into that, and I'm really curious about exploring some of those concepts around the property world, because I think um, there are so many people out there that are leaving money on the table right now when it comes to property and real estate, just because of what's going on in their head. And I know you're really good at helping people overcome that and giving them some really cool ways of dealing with that. But just before we go into that, I'm very sure everyone wanna know, who's Kevin? Like what's your story Like right you know. so yeah
0: so kevin mcdonald i am been in property for i guess i started back in 2003 yeah and when you talk about um not using knowledge and stuff i'm one of those people so i've done i've done property wrong and i've done it right sure. and i've had knowledge i've not used and mm-hmm. then I had knowledge i've used and i guess it all started 2003 where um I was living in a shared house with it in East London in yep. a I came over from Ireland to work for a construction company but right. in an office job. Yeah, yeah. And I I moved into a a room in a shared house that they provided for me. Right. And I was living with four other guys I worked with in East London by in themselves? literally directly opposite Lakeside Shopping Centre, a place called Chafford Hundred. No way? Yeah.
1: No way. I know it very well. Not all right. So well.
0: 43 Felipe Road, Chafford Hundred. Yeah, yeah, I know Chafford very um, well, yeah, yeah. In that house was two guys from the Midlands around Birmingham, yeah. a guy from Newcastle and a guy from South Africa. And we all worked together during the day, went home in the evening and yeah. ate together and whatever. And the guy from South Africa was a guy called William and he was buying property in South Africa. Mm. So he had come over from South Africa to work in London to make some money to invest in South Africa. Yeah. And he got me interested in property and we went to this event in London one evening. So it was this back in 2003 when events were only like, very rare, very few. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Facebook wasn't even heard of that <laughs> much. And um We had Facebook not heard of that much, it wasn't heard of. uh, (laughs) Was it even around? (laughs) And um, we attended this event and a guy was up on stage talking about all these different creative ways to do property deals and I thought, you know, this is all great, it all made sense, Mm. it resonated. Uh, Richest people on the planet make their money in property or invested into property and I thought, I'm gonna do property but I decided, I was Irish, right, (laughs) so I'm Irish in ireland we build houses (laughs) i've got one brother 10 years older than me he built his house and i thought i don't need to be educated how to buy property yeah i'm irish we build the damn things i'm just going to go buy property yeah so i went back to east london and at the time um i thought i I was looking for property in and around thurrock and that sort of area and i couldn't afford the deposit to buy a house Mm. so i went back to william who i identified as my mentor because he had six deals at the time in south africa and i said um i can't get a property in in around here this i can't don't have the money for the deposit and he said to mentor me that's exactly why i'm buying in south africa i can't afford to buy here either right so i thought okay william is so much more advanced than me he's smarter than me he's buying property abroad i'm going to buy property abroad right so I went to the property investor show at the Excel Center, and I got introduced to off-plan abroad. Right, okay. And I, I bought in, over the next 18 months, I put deposits down on, so this is 2004-05, I put deposits down on a property in Bulgaria, another one in Turkey, and another one in Estonia, Right. all off-plan. And within two years, more, To the, I was sitting back, I have these properties, I'm an international property investor. Um, <laughs> I'm just waiting for them to be finished. Right. And then the financial crisis happened in 2007. Mm. The Estonia one never got built. The Bulgaria one completely trashed. The Turkey one I managed to get rid of, but for half what I paid for yeah. it. Yeah. And I ended up with around 135 grand worth of debt, Bloody on, but of debt that I, on money I didn't have. Because I got, mm-hmm. you, with the off plan, you get in on small stage dependents, yeah. Yeah. and then you've got to pay for them later. But I didn't have the money to pay for them later, mm. so I had credit cards, personal loans oh, gosh. to cover. And um, I then realised that William wasn't buying abroad. William was South African buying in South Africa. Got yeah. He was buying at home. Right, got you. I was Irish buying in yeah, yeah, Eastern yeah. Europe. <laughs> so, um, so I learned a lot of lessons. I stuck my head in the sand. I had I, I when I say I stuck my head in the sand, I stuck my head in the sand, but I stayed. Close to the fire. So yeah. I was getting emails from people like Rob Moore and Progressive. Yeah, and I, was, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was attending the odd, you know, the free event that you'd go to and nick the sweets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was one. doing loads <laughs> of those. And, um, six years went by trying to dig my way out of, yeah. out of debt in a job. And in twi- I met a guy at an event in 2007 called um, Cam DeVede. Yeah. And Cam was in debt at the time. And he kind of made me feel good about myself <laughs> because he was in more, a bit more debt than me. And I went to the property super conference at Wembley in 2013. Progressive held this big super conference. Now, when I got the email, it said, Progressive property super conference, Wembley. I mean, I thought, being, sorry, apologies to the Irish watching, but <laughs> I thought this was Wembley Stadium. There's a town called Wembley. Yeah, so, yes. um,
1: <laughs> Not the stadium.
0: But it was beside the stadium, but it was yeah. in a hotel room yeah. next to the stadium. So I went because yeah. I thought, well, I like football. If I don't learn anything, at least I'll see the I'll football. Wembley. And, I, and um, I sat in the room, got over a thousand people. I sat in the room where I'd always sit, down near the back, mm. because if I sit in the back, nobody will ask me a question yeah. and the speakers won't pick on me, etc. And um, I sat there at the back of the room, and on the second day of the event, Rob Moore, who was hosting the event, um, he started bringing all of these successful progressive students up yep. on stage. So you, there's a huge stage. Imagine a big arena with over a thousand people. Mm. There was a stage that you could probably fit a hundred odd people on. And he brought a load of people up on stage, and he started handing the microphone around to them. And he handed the microphone to Cam Devedi, mm. And Cam Devedi said, a few years ago, I was in massive debt, I found progressive, I've now built a multi-million pound property portfolio. Mm. I've got myself out of debt. I'm making eight grand a month yeah. income. Yeah, and I'm sitting in the room, still with my excuses. Still with
1: excuses. You know that guy. He's, yeah, yeah and you've seen him do it.
0: I'm sitting there, going, I knew him when he was in debt, and yeah. I kind of needed, I needed to see somebody who I knew was in my position to believe that I could, because before that, I, in my mindset, and this is mind over money, yeah. my mindset was, you need money. No matter how many people had said to me knowledge is power, um, your connections, your, com- your you know, collaborations, yeah, etc. cetera. Yeah, yeah. Um, use your time wisely. Mm-hmm. I'd always go, yeah, but I don't have the money. I've got this debt. And um, I probably had at that stage, from 2007 to 2013, I'd probably reduced my debt to, it was still over 100 grand, so mm-hmm. I probably took it down to about 30K, yeah. but still had the debt. Yep. And I sat there over the weekend, not really listening to the knowledge. I used to go mm-hmm. to events listening to knowledge, but I sat there having a, a, a chat with myself about, I spent six years, I've dropped the debt by about 30k. Mm. I'm gonna be 70 odd by the time I clear the <laughs> Um This guy had more money in debt than me and now look at him. And I kind of went like, what the hell is wrong with you? When mm. are you gonna actually do something, do about, something it. about it? Yeah. And that for me was the catalyst to get me going. Um, I, I invested in a mentor for myself, got educated, and focused on, I was in debt. I focused on cash flow. Mm. I needed to get cash. I couldn't yeah. think about buying houses. So I just focused on creative stuff. And one of the first things I did was a strategy called rent to rent. Yeah. Which is take control of someone else's house and get yep. cash flow. Yeah. And I wasn't trying to build a big business or become a millionaire. And I just wanted to get out of debt. Mm. Just get out of debt. And um, within 12 months, I'd replace my income. Had a choice to leave the job. Yeah. Good. And my target was replace my income, leave my job. And then mind over money again. <laughs> right. I went, but if I leave my job, it'll all go wrong, because it all went wrong Security, before. Yeah. So I thought I'd double my income. And I actually stayed in my job so long that I had mentors here at Progressive saying, um, when are you quitting your job, you need to quit your job. Mm-hmm. And the final mindset bit was, I, I remember speaking to a guy called David Siegler one day, and I said, David, I can't. And he said, what do you mean you can't? I said, I've got a company car. Yeah. <laughs> and he just like looked at me as if I was the most, like I was from another planet. So. I had a company car from Langer Works. So I used to drive around construction yeah, yeah, sites yeah. and a fuel cart and I thought that this was the best thing ever. Yeah. The reality is was it was a chain that was keeping me in the mm. job. I took on one deal and the income from one deal leased a car. Yeah. But I just had to have somebody else tell me tell you that. what to do to make me do it differently. There you go. And, I, and and that meant I once I had freedom of the company car mindset <laughs> I could then just go and do leave the want. job and do what I want and continue to scale the business. So well, That's a quick version, or a slow version, maybe, <laughs> of, of my two thousand That was the Irish version. Yeah. My, 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 um, so I, I've, I've done it without training, I've done it without support, I screwed it up, I spent time with my head in the sand, yeah. thinking that you needed money, and I, I always say the worst thing that ever happened to me was losing money in Eastern Europe, mm. but it was also the best thing that ever happened to me. Hundred percent. Because when I came back in 2013, I had no choice but to think creatively. Mm. And I focused on creative strategies like lease option agreements, exchange delayed completions, assisted sales, yep, yep. Um, vendor finance, so raising money from the owner of the house, private finance, yep. because I didn't have my own money. And mm. I often see people and they're, they're almost focused on their money in their bank account rather than the opportunity out of the there. deal Absolutely. and the opportunity out there. And the, the money, and this is what this podcast, so is the money... And you've got it even written bigger in front bigger, of you. Yeah, absolutely. I, the, the mind, often the money in your bank account stops you from achieving your goals. If you're focused on your own money. Mm. I also, people come to me and they say, what, how, you know, I've got 50 grand, what should I do with it? And they're, they're expecting me to say, buy this house in this area or do this thing. And I always say to them, well, what if you did that? What if you did what it, the, ex, the expected answer? How are you going to do deal number five, deal number 12, deal number 21? because if you can't do deal number 5 or deal number 12 or deal number 21 what's the point in doing deal number 1 exactly cuz you go from you go from money in your bank account no yeah. property and a job yeah. to no money one property and a job yeah because you don't have the plan that's right so it's to fix the mind 100% and
1: I, and I love I loved and obviously we'll we'll dive more into this in a second because you 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 know not only have you done this for yourself you now get to educate other people on on doing this and you touched on resourcefulness there um because you didn't have a choice, yeah. Like you and and it goes back to that thing of you know you never know how strong you are until being strong is the only option you've got, right? People get very resourceful when their backs mm-hmm. up against the wall, and you know I, I I think for me, people, especially in property, and this is just my take on it. I think in property, I've been in situations before when I'm talking to people like landowners, I'm talking to a- agents, and um, and before I went in that meeting. I really need to have a conversation with myself about understanding that I bring value to that equation as Mm. well. So when I'm talking to investors, for example, my mindset's completely shifted now in a sense that, yeah, I might be leveraging your money, but you're leveraging me. Therefore, I'm using OPM, you're using OPK, other people's knowledge, right? So, But I had to get in my head and build my self-worth up Mm. to go into that conversation because... And you probably see this a lot where people who get into property, people get educated and they don't have their own money or would like to use other people's, they put investors on the pedestal, right? Yeah. They put them up there like they're, they're God, the Messiah, whatever it might be. And they forget that you also bring mm. value to that equation. And I always tell people to you know understand that before you go into that conversation. 100%. And so... What what tips could you give someone right now if they were looking to get into property? They're looking to get into investing. Maybe they've got a, you know because obviously when you talk about investors, they could be close to home. They could be family members. They could be partners. They yeah. could be you know people that you know. Could be your grand. Could be whoever but there's also strangers as well so what tips can you give someone to elevate their self-worth before they go into a yeah. conversation
0: touched you a few things there cuz you said about like resourcefulness and mm. stuff and how you know i i know i'd no choice but to keep going the reality is i I'm, i meet people all the time and they go um you know backs against the wall you've got no choice but to keep going i quit mm. for 6 years mm. i quit for from 2007 to 2013 i just did nothing wow. and and it it needed the right time... The only thing I did right in the... Fr- I always said the only thing I did right in my first 10 years was I didn't quit. But the reality is for six of them I quit. Yeah, yeah. But I, I was in so much debt that I had no choice but to keep going. The pain had, up. Had I lost 20 grand, I'd have earned my way out of it. Yeah. And never yeah. touched property again. Yeah, yeah. But I learned through trying to save my way out of debt mm. that I... After six years, I'm a slow learner. <laughs> after six years... That I had no choice but to keep going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not that I wanted to keep going, not that I was resourceful or yeah, anything else. Yeah. I just had no bloody choice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And sometimes that's the back against the wall part. It's not that mm. you're any some people go, Well, I don't have that resourcefulness. You get it from having no other choice. Yeah. yeah. Um so that that's that. And then the, the reason the money, you want to almost write this down and burn it into your brains, is poor people spend their time trying to save money mm. and wealthy people spend their money trying to save time. I love that. So people with money they need your knowledge Mm. they need your time and also when you network I I, I do events you you know regularly do events and if people come to an event and then you'll say um, you know are you coming again they go no I've seen it before or something (laughs) but it's different people in the room yes and the most important thing is not necessarily I used to go to networking events Mm. and I'd show up and Local networking events where maybe I'd show up and I'd base how good the night was on how good the speaker was. It's called a networking event. Yes. It's not called it's a not come, and, come no. and listen to the speaker event. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a networking <laughs> event. So you've got to make, every time you go to an event, you might pick up one bit of knowledge that's mm. beneficial or two or loads. Yeah, yeah. But you're meeting new people who are on the same journey. And there's people that go there with money that are looking to find you. There's people that go there looking for the knowledge. And yep. um, you can create time. Time's creatable. It's, when I say creatable, we all have 24 hours in a day. Mm. But if you're working 50 and sleep, I'm, I mean, I meet people that go, I'm working really, I've got no time. And then you find out and they're working 40 hours. But you know, I met a lady once, I'll give you, she's working three jobs. <laughs> she says, I've got three jobs, I've got no time. When we broke it down, the three jobs weren't even 40 hours put together. <laughs> okay. So just, sometimes people create these excuses they in their do, yeah. heads that they don't have time. But if you're sleeping 50 and working 50, mm. then you've got another sixty-eight free hours. Yeah. And do you know what? Waste 60 of them. You only really need eight hours a week. If you had eight hours a week working smart in property, mm. you can make money from property. Yeah, yeah. But the knowledge and the time are way more important than the money. Mm. The person with the money, typically wealthy people, they either don't want to do it themselves are actually they've made their wealth in something else, another business, whatever it may be. They don't have time to do it themselves. No. So they they own businesses, they own um, companies, they 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 own their time, and they just want to have somebody else do it, do it for, for them and get a share. And
1: that's where you come in. And
0: that's where you come in. Yeah. And and you bring your knowledge and your time to help them, and they need you way more than you need the money. Mm. I mean, the person with the money typically puts the money in. Yeah. The property. I don't want to put you off property, but you're <laughs> You're learning about property, you're learning your area, you're finding the deals, you're analysing the deals, you're negotiating the deal, you're speaking to brokers, you're speaking to solicitors, you're finding refurb teams, you're getting different quotes from different refurb teams. The refurb teams are managing the whole process. You're managing the refurb team Are mm. you managing the managers, mm. managing the team. Mm. You, you've then got to find the tenants and maybe find a letting agent to manage the tenants if you want to work smarter with your time. Yeah, yeah. But you've got all this stuff to do. The money person is just putting the money in. Yeah. Um, it's, but we pedestalize the money because we pedestalize the thing that we don't have. Yes. And we st- instead of focusing on the thing we do have, mm. which is very valuable to someone else. And it's interesting, if you're in a room of people and you ask them, raise your hand if you find it difficult to find money, mm. and a bunch of hands go up. And then I say, now, keep your hand up and ask yourself this question. Have you ever tried? Mm. And the very hands that are up that said they're difficult to raise yeah, money, yeah. 80% of the minimum have never actually tried. Haven't tried. So their mind has told them it's difficult, they've not even tried. They took themselves out of the game before they yeah. started. Before they started. So um, it's not difficult to raise money, no. it's difficult to try.
1: And that's the Mind Over Money podcast. This is what we're talking about. We're like, you know, the strategies are there and you teach people to do these strategies and they still get in their own way, which is, which is worrying. Understandable because human beings are trained to go the other way and play small and not go into all of this stuff. But in your experience, what's the number one excuse you've had when it comes to, not just in property, but when it comes to making more money in general? Because people complain a lot about their job, don't earn enough. They complain about their business not paying them enough or whatever it might be. What, what would you say is the number one excuse you've come across from people when it comes to making money?
0: Honestly, it's not even an excuse. It's this thing that you hear all the time. If it was that easy, everyone would do it. <laughs> Right. that's the very reason everyone doesn't do it. There you go. They, they, they tell themselves if it was that easy, everyone, there must be a catch. If it was that, mm. if, why is everyone not doing that? Yeah. And you talk yourself out of it before you've even tried.
1: You think it's too easy. Too easy.
0: There yeah. Must be a catch. It can't be that easy. Yeah. Can't. It can't be just that. They can't, there's not people. You, where would you find these people? You can't find these people. Yeah. Um. Shit, it's like. I meet people every day, so I talk to my mum. Mm. It's,
1: like, it's, 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 it's like my dad. My dad's got this conspiracy theory about absolutely everything, um, so it's pointless trying to you know, get get some rational or logic going on with him. But but it, it's sad because I think when people are presented with opportunities to increase their wealth, you know, their wealth and make more money, um, unfortunately, all of these these previous experiences that they've had, they they overlay them onto that opportunity, yeah. and unfortunately, they don't move forward. For example. Yeah. Let's be honest, let's not dress it up. You know, we're in an industry where people have probably bought courses before. They've probably invested in mentorship before. Maybe you've you know, invested in a coach or a course or program, and maybe it left a sour taste in your mouth. Maybe it didn't give you the result you were looking for, wherever it might be. And then they meet Kevin, and they meet Jess, and then they go, oh, you're just another one of those guys, aren't you? Just another one of those people who are going to give us something else that we've already seen. And I think, unfortunately, people generalize so much based on previous experience that yeah. they miss what's going on right now before them. And with all due respect, yeah, you may have tried somebody else. Yes, you may have gone and got education before. Maybe like you, you've dabbled in property before and you got stung, but that doesn't mean that that's the end of the road, right? Mm. And and I think if people can get out of their way and go, what did I learn from that so that I could do something differently now that will get me a better result in the future, mm. then I think a lot more people will make a, a, a lot more money. So, I guess what I want to ask you is, if someone's sitting at home right now, maybe it's someone watching this right now, listening to this right now, and they have tried, maybe even property education before, they've tried courses before, and it hasn't gone the way they wanted to, yeah. what advice would you give to someone right now?
0: Stop looking back and look forward. Um, mm-hmm. in this, I'll give you a few examples. So I tried, I did, lo- I did lots of different trainings and stuff through the two thousands, yeah. and. I didn't implement it. Hmm. It wasn't that the training didn't work. I didn't implement it. However, okay. I've also done trainings where I've sat something and I thought, I already know that, I already know that, I already know that. But I met somebody who became a connection that we did something else with. There you go. So sometimes it's not just the, the knowledge you get in the room, it's the hmm. people you meet. And often as well, it's when you hear something. I, I sat in an event once and every time the speaker said something and this one when, when i thought i knew everything <laughs> i used to think i knew everything now i'm smart enough to know i never will yeah, yeah but when i thought i knew everything i'd sit in the room and the speaker would be saying something i'd be like well oh, i know that yeah i know that and then i'd be i'd almost tap on myself on my shoulder going how oh, i know that yeah, yeah. and never once did i say to myself am i implementing it mm. because i knew it but i wasn't using it i
1: know what i know i don't yeah. do what i, do. I know
0: yeah i yeah, yeah, not doing it so yeah. um if you've Done stuff in the past, shit, I was going to give you a really shit example, but I'm going to share it now because I've said it, because I think of what was a shit Keep example. Keep it real. Right, really, right. <laughs> if you went into a takeaway and bought a burger that was only half cooked, would that mean you'd never eat another burger? No, you'd go to another That's takeaway you know. and buy another burger, because yeah. you know the burger, eventually you'll get a nice burger. Yeah. Property we know works. Business we know works. Whatever it may be, whatever, whether it be property, whether it be another business, whatever it might be, if somebody else has done something, and made it work. You can too. Hundred percent. You can too. You just have to tweak what you're doing and implement it. Mm. But it, so if you've tried something in the past and it didn't work, it's very easy. I blamed everyone. I blamed the Bulgarian. I I, I bought a property off the Bulgarian mafia. Um, <laughs> I didn't know at the time. It wasn't a plan. I just found out after. And I blamed the people in the Excel Center for selling me the deal. Yeah. I blamed the the solicitors in Bulgaria yep. that were currently paired off for not protecting me. I I. I blamed the Bulgarian mafia, mm-hmm. I blamed everybody and anybody, and the reality was that it was my choice.
1: Yeah.
0: I signed a contract, I went to the property investor show. I signed a contract that was written in Bulgarian that I couldn't even understand, mm. but I chose to buy a property that I hadn't even seen, it wasn't recently, if you're wondering, like <laughs> 20 years, but all of this stuff, it was my choice. And someday you have to wake up and realise, you know what, it was my choice. And sometimes the choices you've made were not the right choices. And sometimes you were given opportunities that maybe you didn't take. But you have to look and go, okay, how much time have I got left? Somebody said something to me recently. He said a friend of his said to him, do you know what? We've only... It was a guy called Chris. um, Chris Sinkerton. He said his mate said to him one day, do you know what, Chris? You've only got 15 good summers left. And he thought about it. He's in his mid-40s and he went... He only had 15 summers where he could go on holidays with his kids really before he's not that if you're watching this and you're 60, they're not going to be good <laughs> summers, but he felt it really resonated with them in terms of he's got to do something now. Mm. And I wasted six of mine yeah. doing nothing mm. before I got restarted and um, blaming the world for all my problems. When in the end of the day, every ch- everything that's ever happened in your life. Who's there? And I'm talking to myself rather than everybody else. Well, everything that we've made, every decision we've made, everything's happened in our life as a result of the choices that we've made. 100%. And every decision we make going forward is what what comes from it. Yeah. Now, I'll give you an example, which is we, we, we always focus on the, the negatives, the downside. Yeah. Well, I lost money I didn't have in Eastern Europe. And then I left London and moved up to Nottingham. To, because I thought property would be cheaper in Nottingham. I moved there in 20, 2009. Mm-hmm. I still did nothing by 2013. So I moved the area, because it wasn't the area. The area you that was wrong, the problem. this was the area that was wrong, <laughs> yes. not the area of the country.
1: That's the only postcode that needs... Sort yeah.
0: of and you hear this all the time. Oh, <laughs> my, my area is too expensive. I can't do the stuff here. This is your area. Yeah, yeah, yeah? yeah, And I moved north, and when I came to... I was renting when I moved north. And when I came to Progressive, I realized I was renting a room in a HMO, paying mm. for it. I needed a, my first deal was to take on a property, live in it myself and rent the other rooms out. Right. So I rented the other rooms out. And one of the tenants that I rented a room out to is now my wife.
1: Yeah. All right. <laughs> All
0: right? So had I not gone to the Property Investor Show. Yeah. Had, had I not moved into a property in London where William was living in, mm. I would probably never have interest in property. Yeah. Had I not gone to the Property Investor Show, I would never have bought in Eastern Europe. Had I not bought in Eastern Europe, I'd never have lost 135 mm, grand. Mm. But if none of that ever happened, I'd never have moved to Nottingham. I'd never have rent, done a rent to rent deal. And I've never have met my wife and have the kids I have today.
1: They you so connected.
0: So everything bad it's that's ever connected. happened in your life, you focus on the bad instead of seeing all the good that comes from mm. it sometimes. Mm. And I often say to people, do you know what? If you went to an event about a subject just to figure out that's not what you want to do, that's worthwhile. That's what. fine too. Yeah. It's a lesson. You buy your most expensive investment in your life a property. Yeah. And do it wrong. Yeah. I, if I could go back and wish that I had met, gone to that training first instead of doing it and making the mistakes, mm. great. But if I had, yeah. I wouldn't have my kids, and my wife.
1: You wouldn't have the life you got today.
0: So, hundred percent. Everything happens for a reason, and what we do is we keep looking back. The thing about looking back is you can never change the past, mm. but you absolutely can change the decisions yeah, yeah, yeah. you make today. And just because it didn't work before, doesn't mean it won't work again. Yeah, that was a quick long answer to your I, question. I, I love
1: the answer, but essentially, you know there's a lot of people looking in the rear view, rear view mirror trying to go forwards, and you're, you're gonna yeah. crash. Yeah, you're you, gonna crash. You're, you're gonna crash, and I think that's, that's that hindsight's a beautiful thing, but what have I learned from it? That's that's really important, mm. you know? So I, I absolutely love that, because it puts people on the side of cause, not effect. You know, what have I learned from that? How can I stop it from happening exactly. again, rather than pointing fingers? And uh, one of my mentors once told me, whenever you point one finger at someone, there's three pointing right yeah. back at you, yeah. right? So, you know, so so look, the. I really want people to get value from, from you um, right now. And one of the things that I love about you and what you teach, Kevin, is that you teach resourcefulness. And it gives people who would usually write themselves off in wealth creation, not just property, based on their background, their upbringing, how many zeros they got in the bank. Because well, a lot of people look at you know, property and they go, well, I'm poor, I don't have any money, mm. um, You know, I got poor credit, I got this, I got that and they take themselves out of the game and then you come along and you show them all these creative strategies that you had to learn by force because you didn't have the, you know, yep. the, the income to start off with and, and you showed them a better way and what i love about that is in property in my opinion anyway i mean you're the expert but in my opinion there are only two ways to make money in property control your own assets or control other people's if you chunk it up yep and controlling other people's is a very very lucrative way of doing it without you having the asset you know the capital to, yeah. to, to start off with now obviously there's lots of you know creative ways assisted sales lease options you know rent to rents all these kind of strategies so first of all if someone was to go into any of these creative strategies as in using other people's money yeah. controlling other people's assets and um, obviously let's say they've i don't know they've got some knowledge or they've they've seen it happen or they've been to one of your courses or your programs or whatever it might be what's the first thing they should do in their mind in their head before they pick up the phone and go and do a deal or try and look for a deal, because like, what would you what top tips? Could you give someone to prime themselves to put themselves into a good state? Because you mentioned earlier on about you know how you are if you're in a bad place, you're going to make bad decisions and all that kind yeah. of stuff. What would you do to prime them? Because like, it's the nerves. The nerves kick in. Like you mm. come along and go, look, just ring that person up. They're struggling with their property. Yeah. They're struggling. They're behind on their mortgage payments. You could come along, take it over for them. Give it an uplift, share the share the uplift, wherever it might be. You don't even have to get a mortgage, you don't have to do anything. You just literally, you know, switch mm. it over, you make a of cash, you save on the stamp duty, you do all that kind of stuff, da, 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 da. Sounds
0: fantastic.
1: And then they leave your training room and they're like,
0: Oh shit. What the hell do I do now? What do I do now? Yeah. You
1: know, so what would you what would you say to someone in that situation? Because yeah. again, mind mm. over money. That, that that mindset is stopping them making that money. Mm. And that money's to be had. Well,
0: what typically happens is people have spent years thinking about it and then I mean like they take all of this time thinking mm. and then they decide I'm gonna do it and then they want an instant result mm. and they show up on a training and then they think they're gonna walk into the first house the, for the first house they've ever viewed yeah they're gonna make an offer yeah and get that offer agreed yeah uh, the first time they visit an estate agent they're gonna walk in make an offer get it's the offer agreed crazy. but the first time you do it is gonna be your shittest <laughs> Unless you get lucky. It's gonna be the worst, you're, yeah. you're, you're, you're nervous, you're not fully, you, you don't fully understand the process yet, because yeah. there's the training, but then there's the implementation of it. Yeah. And in a job, if, if you're listening to this now, ask yourself a question, am I in a job? Mm. And then ask yourself, am I better at the job today than I was the day I started? And the reality is, you probably are. Yep. And the reason is because you're stuck to the job. You stuck to the job till you got better. The first day on the job, you were probably nervous. You were wondering, I don't know if I changed a job. I stayed in, by the way, I was so like not doing stuff. I stayed in Langer Work for 14 years in that job <laughs> because I was afraid to change job in yeah, case yeah. I, they didn't like they didn't me and like sack you. me. Yeah, yeah. So you stay in your comfort zone. True. So you stay in your job, you sit there and you think, um, will they like me in the new job? Will they Will they um, sack me after, will they find me out and get rid of me after 12 week probation, whatever it may be? So, you don't do, you, you, you get through that period of time, you do the change, you get through that period of time, and after a period of time, you get better at your job. Your line manager helps you get better at your job. The other work colleagues help you get better at your job. Well, your line manager is your mentor. I meet people and they say to me, I never had a mentor. Yes, yeah. you did. Yeah. Your parents were your first mentor. Yes. Right? You've had a mentor all your life. You either had a mentor holding you back or one pushing you forward, yeah. but we are all been mentors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. So, 100%. You, you get better at your job and you're stuck at your job. Why? because you have to pay your mortgage at the end of the month and you quit on your dreams, you True. quit on your dreams. True. So don't even know what the question was, but <laughs> you, you, you quit you quit on your dreams by because it was safer. People say, I don't want to take the risk, mm. but actually you're taking the biggest risk because you know that you're running out of summers. That's
1: what you're really risking. Yeah.
0: You're running out of summers, yeah. you have 15 good summers left, yeah. Yeah. You, the cliff is coming at some point, the big, if you do the numbers, nobody does the numbers yeah. on what are you taking home every year, mm. what are you taking home, how much money have you got, you quit on your dreams. Mm. Now, if you know that, then you come back to your question which was, how do you get the mindset right to do the first viewing mm. to go into the property? I always say to people, take all the pressure away.
1: Yeah.
0: Stop, you come out of a training, you decide you want to do property and you're expecting the quick win. Yeah. I want to get the first deal. Not happen. Just get rid of it, yeah. just go, I'm going into this property To practice. Yeah,
1: have some fun. Just
0: have some fun and practice. And you're going in there. So I always say to people, the best thing you could actually do to really make this real is go to a town outside of your area where you're shitting it that they say yes. (laughs) You go to a town where it's not your town, it's not your area, you don't want the deal. And it's amazing that Mm. when you go to somewhere where you don't want the deal and you go in with a completely relaxed environment because you're worried they might say yes, you suddenly get a yes. Then all you have to do is take that home. (laughs) By the way, you can sell that deal and still get paid to somebody who wants it. So you're still getting paid. Deal package it. But you take away all the stress. You take away all the pressure. Mm. And you just can relax. Just like you relaxed in the job when you got to month four, when you knew you'd got your full-time contract or whatever it may be. Take the pressure away. Take the pressure away. So stop trying to chase the deal and just chase the practice. You you might view 10 houses. And people say, i viewed 10 houses I didn't get a deal. But I bet you know your area better. Mm. You know negotiation better. You know objections better. You you know what not to say that screwed yeah. <laughs> the deal up. Definitely. So you got all this knowledge. And in property, whether you get the house and the business, mm. property you build you build a foundation, then you build the walls, then you put a roof on if you were building a house. So the same thing if you're a property investor. The foundations are the the viewings, the learning the area, the knowing your rents. You should know. If you're thinking about property, you need to know the the room let rates in your area, the, the single let rates, the, the you know what pe- houses they're selling for, what two bed sell for, three mm. bed sell for, four bed sell for. That's you nice. need to know all your numbers. You need to know the good streets, the bad streets. <laughs> you know, you need to know the power team, the builders, the electricians, the plumbers. That's what I call building your foundation. Yeah. And when you know all of that stuff, then you can start to build the the walls, which is the cash flow. Mm-hmm. But most <laughs> people quit after. What happens is they do a training, one or two months pass by, they do three or four viewings and then they go, that didn't, didn't, work. Work. didn't work, I'm going to try something else, I'm going to try something else. Um, you've not even, you've quit before, you've seen the picture of the guy digging for gold. Yeah, yeah. You've quit before, you've, while you're still building your foundation. It's a marathon, it's not a sprint. Exactly. It so, overnight. So I said, take all the pressure away and just go to a town yeah. that you don't want to deal in <laughs> and have some fun.
1: And you probably get a yes.
0: You get. You want they do. You get people do this, and they get a yes, and they go. They ring me up and go, "What the fuck do I do?" And I, do? <laughs> and I say that on a podcast? So, what
1: do crack. I do now? <laughs> like, but it's hilarious because it, it's that whole. You know, I always teach when I teach people sales, and even going to do a viewing, you're still selling the agent on why they should <laughs> give you the property right. So everything's a sale. And I tell people when it comes to selling, detach yourself from the outcome. Yeah. Because, like you said, it takes the the pressure <laughs> off. Because if you if you need something. You never tr- generally get what you need, right? It's like needing a bus. When you need a bus and you're running late, what happens? You no wait bus. For a bus stop, no freaking bus. You wait for ages. What happens when you don't need a bus? Four of them though. Yeah, exactly. Four <laughs> of them go by and we go, Well, what happened? It's because you detach yourself from the outcome and I think a lot of people they they're so they're so needy of money that they actually repel it. Yeah. And that's that's something that I see a lot a lot mm-hmm. happen, you know. So there's there's one there's one more question I wanted to ask you, Kevin, because because. Uh, I was like, I was really excited when they told me you're going to jump on the show because I I thought, you know, I'm really going to ask you this question because I've I've heard you talk about it before. And I think a lot of people benefit from it because we're living in a world where, yes, this is the mind over money show. But, you know, money has no meaning apart from the one you attach to it. And seeing as here in in England, we always talk about, you know, our home being our castle, you know, an Englishman's castle, you know a lot of people, unfortunately, they're not living in their dream home. They're not living in the house that they'd like to live in. And I, and I, I truly believe that you should live in a space that you know lights you up, makes you happy, because it's hard enough out there. Yep. And when you come home, you wanna make sure you're somewhere where you feel safe, comfortable, it's open, you're happy. And a lot, I believe, a lot of people are living in places that don't light them up. They're, they're actually bad for their mental health and their mental well-being. And obviously, being an ex-psychiatric nurse, I've got a big, big passion about you know helping people with their mental, mental you know challenges and stuff. And I once I heard you speak about um, people being able to live in their dream home without actually having to buy it
0: yet. Yeah.
1: Right. And that's the strategy you t- you teach people. But obviously, we can't go into that now. Clearly, you got to hang out with this guy if you want to learn that stuff. But you know, in a chunked up way yeah how is that even possible yeah. how can someone live in their dream home without even having the money to buy it yet
0: okay so i've done this now um in different ways but i've done it three times on the simple way and then yeah. there's more you can get more creative on what you do yeah, yeah. Um. but think about this people when you spoke of stuff there things that came to my mind is people are living in one bed flats mm. and they're choosing how many kids they have based on the size of their house they're, wow there's That's people powerful. There's people that are, um, maybe, maybe this resonates with you, you're living in an area, school. you've got two kids maybe, you're in a school catchment area, your youngest child starts, your oldest child starts school. Hmm. Then the landlord you're renting from says to you, I gotta sell the house, you're gonna have to move. You gotta move, you can't find another school in the school, ca- another house in the school catchment area, so you move out of the school catchment area. Your oldest school has started school in that school catchment area. Mm. The youngest child goes to start school. Oh, they right. go to the same school. What does the school say? I'm sorry, you're the, the sibling cannot go to this school because you're not in the school catchment area, your address. They're going to have to go to a different school. Now, busy parents have got one kid going to one school, one kid going to another. So imagine. then they go to the oldest kid and they say, I'm really sorry, we're going to have to take you away from your friends we'll put you and put you over in this school. And this is happening all across the country. And it's because when, let me ask you a question. Because you've been asking a lot of questions, I want to ask you: <laughs> one. Why don't? Why does everybody not buy their home?
1: Because they say they can't afford it. They can't afford it. Yeah. It. It. Yeah. They
0: can't afford it. What is it? What is it? That. Th- mm. What does it mean? What is the it they can't afford?
1: In their head, that the, particular house. Ah no. Nah. No. Nah.
0: See, it's not that they can't afford the house. It. Right. Would you agree, Jason, that they are paying more? And you can nod from home. Are they paying more in rent than they would in a mortgage? Hundred percent. So they can't afford the house. Hundred percent. So what's it? They can't mm-hmm. afford mm-hmm. the the payments. That not the pay, not the monthly payments. They can't afford the de- the deposit. Deposit. They can't afford Capital. the deposit. They can't afford to get in. In fact, if they the got rent in, would add up to the mortgage payment anyway. If they got yeah, yeah, in, yeah, yeah. they could easily afford the monthly payments because mm they're already paying more. Yeah. So the they, it, they can't afford it is the deposit. Not the house. So what if they could move in today mm. where they could rent and pay their deposit over a period of time mm. allowing them to buy later? So what we do is we help people get into a property today as a tenant buyer Right. where they pay a small payment upfront. So most people need maybe a five, 10% deposit. Yes. If let's say um, now the government introduced ninety-five percent mortgages, what they should have said it was that that was a vote winner in the election. What they should have <laughs> said was ninety-five percent mortgages that are absolutely useless for ninety-five percent of people. <laughs> and the reason for this is if think about it, in a residential home, a bank will lend you maybe five times your salary. Yeah. So if you're earning forty grand, five times your salary is four forty forty times five, two hundred grand. Yeah. So a bank will lend you two hundred grand. Now if you're looking to buy a house for two hundred and 40 grand a bank will lend you up that would lend you up to 90 percent 90 percent of 240 is one a 210 okay so they can't lend you can't get it because the bank you, you're only earning 200 so they'll only lend you 200 but anyway. you need to so you need it. Yeah. so now when the bank when the bank says we'll lend you 95 percent that doesn't make it easier that means now you then you need to borrow 230 you can only borrow 200. Yep. So the 95% mortgage makes it harder. The thing that needed to go up was your income, mm. not the amount you can borrow. No. So it doesn't, doesn't solve make the problem. So a lot of people need the 90% mortgages are bigger. Maybe they've got 5% saved, they don't the 3% saved. So you, they've tried and tried and tried to buy a property. So what we do is we say okay, rent the property off us today, mm-hmm. but agree a future purchase price. So we lock in a future purchase price so they've got a stake in the ground, they know yep. exactly what they're going to be paying. They pay a small upfront payment, which is goes towards their deposit. They, they then pay market rent as normal yep. and they pay what's called a top-up. And the top-up bit goes
1: towards, goes the, towards the
0: deposit. Point. So they can pay a, a little bit upfront and the monthly top-ups and as soon as they've saved 10%, they go to the bank to get the 90% and they buy. Mm-hmm. What that means is the person that's living in the one-bed flat, think about this. they move. People move six, seven times in their life. They yeah, move yeah. from a one-bed flat to a two-bed, to a one-bed, two-bed house, a three-bed mm-hmm. house, four-bed mm-hmm. house, and I'm really passionate about this, but it yeah. annoys me. because. Really? <laughs> they, but they spend <laughs> yeah. 50, 60, 100 grand on stamp duty, finance, moving costs, all this stuff. Look so how many times they do that. Yeah. yeah, but they could have moved into the three-bed, four-bed house today. Yeah. And then all of that money could have gone towards their purchase instead of having to move, sell, on buy, on to dream. get... Yeah, yeah, yeah. What does the government say? Get on the ladder. Why? The ladder. Stamp duty money to 100%. the government. percent. Yeah, sales money to the government. And then they keep
1: on taking so, more and more yeah. and more and
0: more. More and more. So you can get into your dream home today, rent it and buy it over a period of time. You can have the kids you want to have. Mm. You can have it in the school catchment area. Mm. You're locked in. So no landlord can say to you, I'm sorry you're selling. Because we give our tenant buyer the right, the right to buy but not the obligation to yeah, buy. Yeah. We're obligated to sell. Mm. So they have literal control of their home, just like a car. It's like a lease on a car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got the
1: they've it. got the option to buy it. They've got the
0: option to buy it, which gives them flexibility, them freedom, and it's so much better than things like shared ownership. Yeah, People get trapped in the shared ownership trap. God, I've seen that so many times. It's nuts. Yeah. The problem with shared ownership is the percentage, mm. because they move in for a 25% share. Now let's say they move into a 200 grand house. Twenty-five percent is fifty grand. Mm. I wish I had a flip chart, but twenty-five, tw- two hundred grand house. Twenty-five percent is fifty grand. Yeah. So they're a hundred and fifty grand off owning the whole house. Yeah. House goes up to three hundred grand.
1: Yeah.
0: Their share went up to because it's a percentage. Their twenty-five percent of three hundred went up to seventy-five. Yeah. They were only a hundred and fifty grand off owning mm. when they were at two hundred. Now they're two hundred and twenty-five grand off owning, off owning. Right, because it's Shocking. gone up. Shocking. So they're getting with shared ownership as the house prices go up and they go up, mm. you're going further and further and further away from ever being able to buy. Yeah, yeah. With rent to buy, we're locking in a set price. Mm. So they, That's it's how not much a, it's
1: worth. It's at the end not of. a
0: percentage. Yeah. And if they add value to it, paint it, decorate, it, put a new kitchen in, do an do an extension, they're adding value to their own home. Yeah, home. If right. you take the shared ownership example, um, let's say it's a three hundred grand house and they sp- a two hundred grand house and they spend twenty grand doing it up and make it worth 280.
1: But they're giving 75% of that away.
0: Which is, if they spend 20 yeah. to make 80, yeah, yeah. they spent 20 to make 20, yeah. and they've created 60 more debt. It's crazy. They, they, yeah. They've made nothing. Yeah, yeah. So you can't even do up, if you add value to your own house in shared ownership, it's of no benefit to you. Yeah. It actually creates you a problem. Yeah, yeah. So is it really a home? Yeah. It's a problem. Yeah, yeah. And most people don't see this because it's not sold 100%. to them in reality. And um, so, yeah tenant buyers is phenomenal that's just one and i did this for myself three times yeah yeah where i just took on properties and think about this properties that are on the market for sale mm. and also to rent yeah. have you ever seen a house that's up on the market for sale yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah yeah the yeah. owner of that house is saying i really 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 <laughs> want to sell i don't want to get rid of it yeah i really I sell, want to sell but i've reluctantly decided to put it up for rent because i am maybe struggling with the payments yeah. if it's up for sale and to rent it's empty yeah, yeah. so they're probably covering two mortgages mm. covering two payments
1: they probably we, moved on themselves yeah. and just got this sitting here.
0: We come along and go, we really, really, really want to buy, but could we rent it first and buy it later? Yeah, yeah. Rent to buy. Yeah, yeah. It's the, they're, they're screaming out you rent to buy. It's all over the place.
1: And, and thank you for sharing that. And the reason I asked you to share that is because it hopefully will inspire some of you listening to this and watching this right now to, to get creative. Because at the end of the day, you, a lot of us talk ourselves, like you said, talk yourself Ooh. out of stuff. If you could talk yourself out of stuff, it presupposes you can talk yourself into stuff. Into stuff. stuff. Right? Yeah. And you've just given someone a clear example of, of that. And like you said, I, I I was sitting there going, I wish. Some you people
0: charged thousands for that.
1: That's what I'm saying. <laughs> You're getting it for free on the Mind Over Money podcast, isn't that cool? But but I honestly wish you had a flip chart there so people can visualize this and mm. see it. But in reality, what's happening every day people are going out there paying loads of money in rent. And I, I love how you've reframed the it, because that makes so much sense. Mm. It's like if you can afford I don't know, two grand a month in rent. Then you can hundred percent afford a two grand a month mortgage, Mortgage. which will get you a way bigger and better place than where you're paying for right now. And and it's transferring that it, as you described, into a different vehicle. But getting creative enough and having you know the, the self confidence to go out there and approach someone. And I think you know I suppose the final learning on that is is everybody has a problem, and. They meet people who will meet, you know, solve those problems for them. So, things like that landlord who's selling it and renting it, yeah. they clearly have a problem. So do you, and together you solve each other's problems, yeah. and that, and it's un, it's going back to that whole complementing each other scenario. But it takes a certain level of mindset to go out there and do that because, again, a normal person who didn't have the mindset to do that will probably go, well. I don't own my own property yet and that landlord does and they're probably richer than me and they've got more money than me and all this crap starts going off in your head and you think they're more powerful than you when they actually have a problem that you can solve Solve. and you bring value to that equation.
0: Property is a people business, not a property business. It's not not a house business or a number business. It's a people business. Yeah, 100%. Solve somebody else's problem, you make money.
1: Yeah, I love that. I love that. So, Kevin, look, we could talk all day, I'm very sure. Like, it's, it's almost one of those chats where I felt we, we should both have a beer in our hand or something like that, but you know, maybe maybe next time, who knows. But Kevin, um, thank you for being on the show. How can Pleasure. people follow you? How can they connect with you? How can they get more from you? And, and the reason I say that is because it's not just about property. Um, you and I have known each other for a while now, and you know we speak on the same stages, and we, we serve audiences together, and it's not just about property. It's about wealth creation in general. And one of the things I love about your style is how you you, you explain it in such a way that makes makes it feel like it's possible. So how can people connect with you more, follow you, get more guidance from you, more wisdom? How, How can I do that?
0: First of all, before I answer that, do you know why I explain it in a way that makes it feel possible? Yeah. Because it is possible. 100%. There's only one, I hear people all the time, they go, oh, that's impossible, you can't do that, etc. Mm. There's only one thing that's impossible, mm. and I challenge you on this, the audience. One <laughs> thing that's impossible, if you listen to this, think about it. If it's possible, if, you, if the mind can conceive something, it can achieve it. 100%. It's impossible to think an impossible thought.
1: You've just made that seem possible.
0: <laughs> it's impossible to think an impossible yeah, thought. Yeah, yeah. How can you find me um I'm not a burger. So Kevin <laughs> what I mean by I'm not Are a you burger fully cooked.
1: You know how cooked? I know cooked? i
0: mentioned burgers earlier but I'm not a what I mean by I'm not a burger You're not is get a dodgy burger. Everybody looks at me right as Kevin it's MacDonnell, not the burger. So they go on they go I mean I'm on the phone to talk talk or something and they're like wh- whoever and I'm like Kevin McDonnell MC and they're like M-A-C no MC M-A-C no MC. So it's MC Mac- Mc Mick Donnell D O N N E L L, so two N's, two L's. Yeah. And even though i said this, people will be typing it at home. Donnell. Mac so Kevin Mick Mc Donnell do it'll be E-L-L. in the show notes as well. Yeah, um, it'll be in the show notes often. In uh, my own podcast, it's often in the show notes wrong. <laughs> <So. laughs> it is. It is right in my own podcast. <laughs> so um, yeah, I host the Progressive Property Podcast. Yes. Um, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. Um, Wherever, just Clubhouse, find me, Clubhouse. Find me online. KevinMcDonald.co.uk is the yeah, website. Yeah. Clubhouse. Yeah. Yeah. If you go on Google, you can't really miss me. Connect to unless you. you're looking for a burger. <laughs>
1: but thank you so much for being here I appreciate no you being appreciate on the show it really means a lot to me and remember look if you're listening to this watching this at any point if anything that's resonated with you during this show please do me a favour don't just think about it start implementing it we've just shared some incredible stuff on the show hopefully you got value from it if you did make sure you like and subscribe on your preferred platforms make sure that you go visit the show notes and check out how you can connect with Kevin myself and all the other great things that we do and be, be sure to share it someone out there might need to listen to this right now you'll be doing them a favor especially that last little nugget from kevin around finding your dream home so kevin thanks again mate appreciate you
0: cheers on the show good to be on thank you see everyone